Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this week's edition of All Things Evangelism. I'm here this week with two friends to talk about a subject that's very important to Seventh-day Adventists, and that is, what does it mean to be a Seventh-day Adventist Christian? And so Lawson Walters and Hannah Nakogawa have, have joined me today. They're recent converts to the Seventh-day Adventist Church, like recent in the last several years, and both have committed their lives to Christ join the church and become very active members of the church doing mission and ministry and Bible work and outreach in uh, the North New South Wales conference. And so I thought it'd be great to to have these guys on to talk about what they thought it meant to be an Adventist. And so guys, thank you yet for joining us uh, today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Matt. So so that everyone can get a a sense of who you guys are and where you're coming from, could you just share just a snippet of, of who you are and what you're up to? Yes, I. My name is Lawson Walters. I do a number of things in the church, wear a number of different hats, but my main occupation, I am a radio host for Faith FM. It's a national radio station here in Australia, a national Adventist radio station. I work on The Breakfast Show. I speak on The Breakfast Show, which is the North to South Wales contribution to that ministry. Also work as a Bible worker in the in the Newcastle University Adventist Church. I'm a theology student at Avondale College. I've been on the ministry grind for I think about four years now doing Bible work and, and all sorts wow. of different things. Yeah. And yeah, no, yeah, loving it. Yeah, that's me. What about awesome. you, Hannah? Yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm actually working with Lawson as a Bible worker uh, for Newcastle University Adventist Church. So it's been almost three years since I started Bible working in this church. And so for both of you guys, how long have you been members of the Adventist Church? So I got baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist on the 3rd of December, 2016. So we're coming up on five years now. Yeah, well, time flies. And for me, it's one year after Lawson. So December, uh, end of December, 2017. Okay. And both of you guys, when you were baptized, you went to Arise and did a bit of training there. And mm-hmm. and then from there, you both did volunteer outreach work for yeah. the evangelism department here in North New South Wales. And then you both started doing Bible work. Lawson, you started doing theology. And now you're both still doing Bible work and, and study and you're working faith. Yeah. Unreal. So you guys are involved members, but relatively new members, which is great. Praise God. And and it's just good that people become Adventists and then then they get active in sharing faith, in living Jesus in various ways. What do you think would have happened to you guys had you been baptized? Now, you never know. This is a what if, but how do you see your journey having gone had you not become active and involved in your faith? I would say, like, for myself, it was very much a reaction to Scripture, like the reason that I got involved. I was really blessed to become an Adventist in a culture that was very involved, surrounded by young Bible workers and church planters. And I was like, wow, this is this is the deal. You get involved and you get put to work. Um, but as well, reading my Bible, getting to the end of the book of Matthew for the first time, and reading Matthew 28, 19, and 20, reading the Great Commission and seeing, oh, Jesus is got a call for me. It was also a good thing for me. I was a young man looking for purpose in my life. I was like 17, 18. And it was like, oh, God has a purpose for me. And that is to be involved in my church, to be sharing the word of God. I really see it as it, it was a necessary thing to happen. It was like, it, it was going to happen. Unless I wasn't reading my Bible or unless people 
directly told me not to. I, I wasn't going to not end up being involved in, in working for the church somehow. So that was my perspective. And that's shaped where I'm at now. And I'm, I'm really happy for it. Yeah, mm. I think I'm a little similar to Lawson. But just before my baptism, I was learning about Adventist belief and learning about Sabbath and being convicted, but not sure. And I actually bought the ticket to go back to Japan and just maybe find a teacher's job or something, which I used to do before. And But then I was convicted and then I made a decision for baptism. And that's when also I decided to go to Arise and to be follower of Jesus fully. It's so cool how God leads our life that way. (laughs) You guys were brought to faith through groups of Adventists that were fairly active, right? Mm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And so Lawson, I think your first contact with Adventism was through a health program. So basically a church plant had started in Newcastle called Seeds that was run by Joseph and Camilla Scaff. And they had a bunch of young Bible workers who had just come from Arise and they knocked on my door. That's how I got in contact. It was a really providential moment for me. I just finished up my career as a professional motorbike racer, a secular, like 17-year-old doing that kind of stuff. And I was looking for for meaning and purpose and truth. And praise the Lord, like he literally showed up on my door. And that's why I'm here today. God showed up on your door in the form of two young people. Yeah, two young young girls asking me to go to dinner with them. And and they would shout me. And I was like, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah. Sounds good. Praise God. Hey, yeah, he met you where you were. Yeah. And for me, I stayed with host family and they were Adventists. So they took me to Waitara Church in Sydney. And that's when I met uh, Sharissa and Sharissa's mom. And uh, Sharissa's mom, uh, Gail, she gave me a Bible study. So that's how I got to... That's unreal. I had this pastor friend when I was first baptized. He, He used to say what you win people with is what you win them to. And I think that there's a lot of truth in that statement. And you guys were won by people who were very missional and just individuals who were taking personal responsibility for the Great Commission, right? They weren't just leaving the work of God to the professionals, to Mm. the trained professionals. They believed that as average ordinary Christians, that God was calling them to share Mm. faith and Mm. to share what Jesus had done for them and to share the truths of scripture that had changed Mm. their lives. And and so then now, interestingly enough, that's exactly the journey that you guys have been on. So what you were won by, you were won too, and you were won by lay ministry. Obviously there were professional ministers involved, right? Like Lawson, you went to a campaign where Peter Watts was preaching and he's a professional minister. Yeah, that's right. And Hannah, that's a part of it too, but it was a kind of a partnership ministry between pastors and lay people. And then it just transitioned, it just translated into your mind as, oh yeah, people in this church, they share. They're a part of the ministry because that's what you saw. Yeah, that's right. So guys, let's get into the subject for the half hour, what it means to be a Seventh-day Adventist. Can a person be an Adventist because their parents are Adventists? Oh, good question. Good question to start off with. What do you think, Hannah? You can go first. Definitely. There is a huge influence by parents. They can guide us. But like at the end of the day, we all need to be, yeah, biblical Christian. We need to be convicted. We need to believe in our heart that because we can't really someone else can't make a decision for us we personally we need to make a decision to follow jesus and to believe the scripture as well there's a big part that parents play but 
we individually have a responsibility. Yeah, I, I would agree with what Hannah's saying. Like a, a defining cornerstone of, I think, Adventist theology is understanding that we have free will and the ability to choose. And that's how we define, in large part, God's love is and how that plays into to judgment and salvation and all that, those different things. And so for us to truly identify as an Adventist, while yes, we can, you can have a child and bring them to church at the age of three or two or one or zero, whatever it may be. And they, you could say, oh yeah, my kids are Seventh-day Adventist and, and people could identify that child as a Seventh-day Adventist because their parents are. In, in terms of their own convictions and whatnot. Yeah, there is a sense where you need to make a choice. And that's even, that's more than just to be a Seventh-day Adventist or not. That's to be a Christian or to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Have you ever heard people say there's no such thing as a second generation Christian? Yeah. Yeah, sure. What do you think they mean by that? You, you don't come in nominally. Like you, like salvation isn't nom- a nominal thing. I would say is that the the salvation of your parents doesn't grant you salvation. I know like for my mom, for example, her parents are Catholic and on a lot of documents and whatnot on census, maybe my mom tends to definitely previously she would occasionally say, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic or whatever it may be. But does that actually reflect her situation and her reality? No, she doesn't go to church. She doesn't take sacraments like she's not Catholic. It's, It's like culture and faith became conflated. Yeah, that's yeah. right. As if they're the same thing. So my family culture is Catholic and therefore I'm Catholic. I was the same when I was in the US Navy and we would fill out census forms on the ship. I used to always put my parents' faith because I just thought well, that's what we are. We yeah, are right. this faith. But I personally, by biblical definition, wasn't even following Jesus. There was no mm-hmm. scripture that you could find that you could use to support like that would in any way identify me as a Christian, a Christ follower at that time. So in my mind, so it was like a blend, like the line was blurred between family culture and yeah. personal faith. Yeah. That's and like right. God have a children, like we are children of God. We are not grandchildren of God. We yeah. Be, be, yeah. Be that. My son, Max, he's kind of an Adventist, right? Because he identifies himself as a seventh day Adventist. He's eight years old. He is an Adventist, according to his view, right? And I guess according to our family's view, we have worship on Sabbath. He op- he operates under the rules of a Sabbatarian Adventist household, and he sees himself as an Adventist, but he shows no fruit of the Spirit. He's not made a personal commitment to Christ in faith. He does not walk by faith in what Scripture says. He does not adopt God's judgments as his own or as true. He still, you know, depending upon himself, his own perspectives and feelings as a guide in life. He's not surrendered to the lordship of Jesus, and he's not confessed the fallenness of himself. Is he an Adventist? I would say I don't like to get myself in trouble, but no, ultimately, like, but I feel like that's a good litmus test right there because you make your decision for baptism based on having a fully, a full perspective of what we believe, and you make your uncoerced, unforced decision to become a member of our church that represents you become a member of the family of God within Adventism. And so I think that for a child, though he identifies as Adventism, he's within the realm of Adventism and he is connected to Adventists. Yeah, that just the line's a bit blurry there. And it's just, hey, and, and it's not uh, it's not because he's not making a decision. It's just because he's literally a kid. Like, 
children legally can't consent to to a lot of things. And so in that sense, I see, because where I really see the rubber hit the road when it comes to our relationship with Jesus is when we can make those fully intelligible decisions to follow him. It's like, can he work in us before that age? 100%. You see the boy Samuel uh, prophesying and um, working in the temple. But yeah, it's 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 here not there. I'd just say give him some years and then we can. What do you think? Ask that what do you question. think, Hannah? Let's <laughs> yeah. l- let's get Lawson off the hook. He doesn't want to give a an answer. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm, I'm, that was a great. You said some really meaningful thoughts. It was good. I think God gives us message and truth and light to each individual of us in the different timing in the journey. And I guess that we have choice to reject that truth or we can accept the truth and i don't know if for the little kids like they might have the they might be given the light and they might be given the opportunity to make a decision and i think following the spirit following what responding to the truth that god has given us that leads to the truth of the bible and that leads us eventually i believe that joining this movement of adventism as well so what do we use as a standard to define an Adventist? Bible? The Bible. So if I'm a church member, is it possible that I'm not an Adventist? Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Hannah. Yeah, sure. It's not that's not hard to 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 say. That's not controversial, is it? No. Like you remember where the Apostle Paul says that it's in it's either in Galatians three or Romans, where he says, Not all those of Israel are of Israel. And then he says, those that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. That's Galatians 3.6, I think. So if in John the Baptist, when he preached to the Jewish leadership, he said, don't say that you have Abraham as your father. For I say to you that, that God could raise up children from for Abraham from these stones. And then he says, even now the ax is laid at the root of the tree. And he's basically saying, you guys think that because you're genealogical descendants, hmm. that you're genealogical descendants of, a, of an ancient man who God made a deal with, that then and therefore you're righteous and holy and acceptable to God. But you're right. So scripture is very clear that your genealogical association with people who believed don't make you the real thing, right? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's where Nicodemus probably struggled with. Maybe he was thinking, oh, I will be saved. I will be in heaven because of my, because he's Jewish. But Jesus said, you need to be born again. And that's the message to us as well. Like it's not because our name is in the region of church membership it's not because our family is adventist we need to be born again yeah that's a really good point i think i think just to comment on that our perspective is that the outcome of being an adventist is that you're in a saving relationship with jesus that's the outcome and then there's a lot that goes into that too from our theological perspective on the work that we have and the message that we preach and everything but one of the main outcomes that you have a saving relationship with Jesus. If you don't have that, then yeah, it'd be pretty. You'd be pretty hard pressed to define yourself as an Adventist. No, no matter how culturally tied to Adventism you are. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It'd be it'd be like a man maybe say a person believing that on a spiritual personal level they were a child of Abraham because they participated in the cultic ceremonies of the Jewish temple. That's right. Like those ceremonial worships that the Jews participated in, those were of God. But just because you went to the Feast of Tabernacles and celebrated with the rest of Israel did not mean in a true spiritual way that you were a child of Abraham. It didn't mean that. Like you you could be deceived into thinking that you were representing the faith 
of Yahweh because you participated in the Passover, right? Like now the Passover feast was important and beautiful and amazing and wonderful and heartfelt Jewish believers should participate in that kind of lifestyle and practice that God had instituted. But at the same time, like that didn't necessarily mean that they were true Israelites. You know, Jesus, when he saw, who was it, Nathaniel? When he, when he met Nathaniel, he said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. He says, you're an Is- you're, you're, the, you're the real deal. Like you're mm. a real Israelite, mm. which seems to indicate that Jesus saw a difference mm. between yeah. people who were culturally Jewish, like who just, that was their culture, that was their family's religion. And to be it was like a sense of personal identity. It was almost like a gang. Or it's just, you're, it's, if you meet someone from Poland, like mm. they're most in most occasions. And if you meet someone who lived in Poland who wasn't Catholic, they'll tell you lots of stories about what it means to be an outcast. Because mm. to be Polish, truly Polish, is to be Catholic. Mm. And so there's a conflation of religion and culture. And I think that happens to us. We have a culture. We have a church culture. Mm. And I can participate in that culture, and that culture can become my culture. And then I can suppose that because that's the culture I've adopted, then I am, in a biblical, God-defined way, a, a, a true believer and a true Seventh-day Adventist, and I might not be. And I'm not mm. saying this to make anyone doubt their own faith. I'm just, yeah, this is personal musings, right? Because I've adopted church. But am I an Adventist? Am I truly, biblically speaking, a Seventh-day Adventist? And I think that's important for us to all you know, consider. One point add to that, I think Jesus can Jesus says in Matthew 7, I think it's, he will say he will, he never knew you to those people who are like prophesizing in his name and all that. And I think that's the last thing that we want to hear, mm. but that he says that telling us that if we are not doing his will, then even though we are called Christian or Seventh-day Adventists, fully be lost, which is really. So I'm going to make a statement. <laughs> Tell me if you think this is fair. Um, a Seventh-day Adventist is someone who believes and practices the beliefs and practices of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which mm. include, as we've been talking about, personal conversion. Yes. Is that fair? Is that a fair definition? I believe and I practice the beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, not because they're the beliefs and practices of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but because they're the beliefs and practices that derive from the Word of God. Yes. That's right. I am therefore a Seventh-day Adventist because I believe and practice Seventh-day Adventist teachings, which I believe are the Bible's teachings and mm. the Bible's practices and the God-ordained truth for this time that is to be given to the mm. world before Jesus comes. Yes. That's a Seventh-day Adventist as compared to a self-identifying person. Like it'd be if I appropriate culture, if I say, I am Filipino and I am Filipino because I want to be. Like, I, I believe that's what I am. I, I can evaluate my internal condition. I know who I am on the inside. And I know that you guys see a six foot, two inch, skinny, Polish, Irish, German, Cuban. But the real person that I am is a Filipino. And, and so I'm Filipino. And then you would say that's racial and cultural appropriation to which you are not entitled. Hmm. But that's inappropriate. That would be the religious equivalent if I were to say, no, I'm an Adventist because I say I am. But who are you to, to define who you are? Like God defines who we are, right? Yeah, that's right. Like God is the great I am. He's the definer of what is. Human beings with their limited and fallen perspective of things do not have the right to decide what is. They're subject creatures. They're not the divine creator who defines what is. And they cannot decide 
because they feel like it, what is reality? And so this Mm -hmm. is the same with Adventism. You can't just say, I am this because I say so. Well, who are you to say so? You think you're God? Like you're the I am, huh? You're the one who decides what is. And I, yeah. No, that's a really, that's a really cutting thought. Like particularly if our perspective of Adventism is that we are a God raised movement in a sense, when it comes to our like core beliefs there, there's all there's a lot to be said in terms of structure and specific methodology of evangelism or running church whatever it may be where that does define is defined by different culture and, and perspective but when it comes to our beliefs and our what would be the word orthodoxical practice there's no democracy when it comes to that it's hey no this has been defined by god in the bible and that's what we follow mm. like we're not but i think particularly our place in history at the moment that we are what 150 years post the beginning of adventism where we've defined those rules and those limits it's hey like this is what we believe this is being shown to us by god like in the inspired word of god has revealed this to us it's we can't Holding a council that recently happened in another church where they decided a big, relatively big church in Australia where they define they decided to define essentially premarital sex and and living together and all those things. They decided decided to define that as not sin. And it's dude, what gives you the right to change what's going on in the Bible? And it's we're in the same position here. We've come to a conclusion of what Scripture says, and it's hey, this is where this is where we're at. You're in or you're out depending on whether you agree with what God this is that's yeah. where we're at. and it's funny because I didn't realize where this would get us because I'm now thinking of what detractors might say in regards to my statement wow you're like that's a very hard line are you saying that there's no room to move or to grow or you know are you are you saying that we should just fix some kind of like standard set of beliefs like a confession like one of the ancient confessions and or like that's a not creed what I'm or yeah something. like a creed are you saying yeah. that you advocate for the establishment of a creed and anybody who doesn't live up to that is not really an Adventist and there's no relational dimension to being an Adventist and I'm not saying any of that stuff because <laughs> contained with it within my sentiments and thoughts are the relational dynamic and the fundamental teachings of Scripture of the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching Mm. us. Therefore, we have room to grow and room to move. And a person may come to faith and truly, on a personal spiritual level, be a converted Seventh-day Adventist Christian who, on a basic level, does believe and practice the teachings of Adventism, but may not understand everything perfect or have all their T's crossed and their I's dotted. And I'm not advocating for a world of gracelessness where we run around measuring oh, each other. Yeah, for sure. Saying, you don't measure up, you're not an Adventist. That's not what I'm saying at all, because fundamental to biblical teaching and faith is is grace, is, is room to move and room to grow. And every church is not going to accept into membership people on the basis of the exact same standard, because every church community is not exactly the same. They don't provide the same level of support and same level of assistance. And so there needs to be some liberality there. Oh, like yeah. for sure. I think we all understand that. Yeah. That's, to me, that's a given. So there's, it's almost like there is a relational dimension to it, to being an Adventist, where being an Adventist is more than just, I've accepted certain concepts and ideas. Mm. But at the same time, it's not just perceive in my mind that this is what I am and therefore I am. This kind of a balance and a blend of those two realities where there's a relational dynamic where you are a component, you have become a relational component of a body of believers, and you're compelled by the same spirit. But at the same time, you are submitting to and accepting the fundamental teachings of scripture. And, and you know, the spirit of God leads us into truth. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? Those who do the will of my father who's in heaven. He says that in Matthew 12. And so the body of Christ is not 
develop. Our bonds in the body of Christ are not just developed because we like spend time together. It's because we're all individually committed to the authority of Scripture, and then that brings us together. So, church authority is not above Scripture, of course, because if we did that, it would be very different. We can change the Scripture and all that. But if we put the Scripture first, then that leads us to actually this church. So, it's not the authority of men that we're following, but the authority of Scripture, and we're we volunteer to be members of this movement because we believe the movement of Scripture and. The authority that we believe is vested in our church leadership, they only have authority to the degree and to the extent that they're in line with the scripture. That's, That's what we believe. Right. Mm. And just to what you said earlier, to living up to scripture and, and not wavering from that. And praise the Lord for that, because I just know for myself, yeah, you know, when I became an Adventist, I was 17 years old. I got baptized when I was 18. I was like a secular kid. And one of the big contentious things in my walk that I had to overcome in becoming an Adventist was giving up drinking. You know, I was 17, 18 year old alcoholic. And even like I'm sitting there doing my baptismal vows, my last Bible study, basically. And I'm arguing, oh, drinking can still be a part of my life. Like alcohol can still be a part of my life. And Pastor Peter Watts just laid it out for me and was he was like, no, like this is incorrect. Now, I, I, in my pride, honestly, could have just made some point, like, and they wouldn't have baptized me probably, but I, in my pride, could have made some point about, oh, but I believe the rest is true and I'm going to define myself as an Adventist and I could have gone somewhere else and maybe lied to someone and got baptized and be like, yeah, I'm an Adventist. But no, I laid down my pride at that. I said, okay, I'll conform to what scripture says. I'm not going to define myself based on what I think. I stopped drinking and every week was a milestone initially and then every month and then every year and now I'm looking at five years sober and it's like one of the best decisions that ever made and that's because I like yeah I let myself be defined by and and my beliefs be defined by scripture rather than what I think is right or wrong even in contention with what other Christians believe I was living with other Christians at the time other not Seventh-day Adventist Sunday Christians who were like oh they, they saw me make that decision they're like oh what's the point of that no like i let myself be defined by what scripture says and as the, the seventh day adventist church is identified and it has radically changed my life for the better so dude 100 like mm. i i love it mm. I, i'm all about it yeah i'm sure your life is not less full oh man because you don't have alcohol <laughs> so dude you have you don't know that i still most of my family is still relatively secular i, th- I think my family is like yeah particularly my dad's side, lots of drinking. I know when it comes to family gatherings and whatnot, I'm kind of around that environment a lot. And I know how to handle myself. I'm mm. good now. I'm like five years in and sit there and have conversations. But I can just see, I'm like, praise God that I'm not a part of this anymore. Like, praise totally. the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you never regret it. Hey, I just wanted to say, I really resonate with what with your testimony there, Lawson, because I was someone who laid aside just substances that I used to enhance my life, mm. to control my moods, to, to so that I could have control over how I felt at every moment. But that's the brilliance and the danger of substances, right? Is yeah. that you don't, you want to feel a certain way. There's a pill to take. There's a something to smoke. There's something to drink. There's something to sniff, right? There's always something you can use, a chemical substance, to make yourself feel the way you want to feel. But that really arrests your development as a person and really mm. stunts your character growth. And ultimately in life, I've found that the deepest joys come through some of the most difficult challenges and responsibilities that you have to carry in life. And I would say that the joy that I 
receive from being a dad and the happiness and the fun that I get is it's like thousands of times better Mm. than the feelings that I would receive from certain substances before I was converted. Mm. But let's say I had kids at that time when I was in that condition, I wouldn't have the character strength to take on the responsibility that being a father requires. And so like drugs and the unhealthy you know, lifestyle practices that the Bible and the Seventh-day Adventist Church condemns, they stand in between you and developing the character you need to take on the responsibilities in life that bring the greatest pleasure, joy, and happiness. It's so it's, Jesus says, I came to give them life, and, and I want them to have more abundant life. Mm. And that's just not about, he just came to give us more drugs <laughs> and give us more wine. G- Jesus made wine. Didn't you know that, Lawson? He wants <laughs> us to get drunk and have fun. It's such a warped view of, and twisted view of scripture. Yeah, he came to get everyone drunk, of course. <laughs> no, the life he came to give it is filled blessing but that blessing in most cases is accessed through taking on responsibilities mm. like parenting and being a good husband and a good citizen and a good neighbor and developing strong and awesome relationships that are filled with love and happiness and peace. And so that's, I think, what Adventism can offer people when they accept the fundamental truths of of scripture as understood by the Adventist church. And yeah, so thanks for saying that. So guys, this has been a great conversation and I hope that you guys out there enjoyed it as much as I have. But Lawson, Hannah, you want to Close the show. I think maybe you're listening and we've really scratched the surface on this, on this topic of what it means to be an Adventist, because I think there's so much that can be explored doctrinally, theologically, and, and biblically, also historically, the beginnings of our movements and, and how we came about. But I would say this, if, you, if you're out there listening to this and you're like, okay, what does it mean for me? Something that I've just been thinking about when it comes to what does it mean to be Adventists? And it ultimately, for me anyway, it boils down to no matter what context or culture we're in. We are a group of people who have heard and responded to the three angels message. That's what I see so clearly. And that has defined our doctrines, that has defined our message, our practices and our beliefs. And if you're out there like considering, oh, what should I do to be able to investigate for myself what it means to be Adventist, get acquainted with the three angels message found in Revelation chapter 14, 6 to 12, and look up some Bible study guides on what's actually going on there, because you will see even down to the, the tiniest minutiae of details of our doctrine. And, and practice like why we do what we do, I believe it's really identified there in the messages that the angels have for the world and then why we also have the, the mandate to go and share that too. So that's something I've been thinking about lately and something that a, a good thought that I'd love to, mm-hmm. to leave to the listener. That's really awesome, Lawson. I think I add to that. Like other churches preach about Jesus died, Jesus came to save our sins. That's true. That's what we believe yeah. as well. But not only that, He's resurrected, he's alive, he's ministering in heaven right now, and he is coming back very soon. Yes. And that is our message, and that is our hope, and the message that we have given by God. So let's preach this. Amen. It's the everlasting gospel and of who God is and who he's always been. And thank mm. you guys so much for joining me for this week's edition for All Things Evangelism. Thank you guys out there. We look forward to seeing you next week. And uh, yeah, God bless you. Keep up the conversation.